Listen and follow the Left Wing Rugby podcast with me, Will Slattery and Luke Fitzgerald. As far as I can see, I always want to get in the Irish team. And that should be every young player's dream and ambition in this country. And if you're playing in a place where you're not going to get the opportunities in the big games, that they're the ones that get you picked. They are the ones, the Champions Cup games are the ones that get you picked. You need to be playing in a team and starting in a team for those games. It's as simple as that if you want to play in the Irish team. Every week on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, having my head shoved into the uh, steps of the Ulster Bank in Ranla, cold butt of a gun put into the back of your skull, that's a moment where you go, okay, yeah, I think this one's up. How does a high-flying academic become one of Ireland's most prolific bank robbers? What I would see is the most important part of this still lies open. I'm Not Here to Hurt You, a brand new series from the award-winning team behind the Indo Daily. That November day, that's where it all, all begins. Out now wherever you get your podcasts. Download the top-rated ball sports app today for the latest odds on weekend GAA action and great money-back offers on every televised championship game. GAA betting with ball sports. Bring it on. You're listening to The Throw-In, the GA Championship podcast on independence.ie. Hello, I'm Frank Roach and on this week's show, it's the one we've been waiting for ever since the Football Championship draw was made last autumn, a Dublin-Kerry All-Ireland semi-final. Dublin are chasing what once seemed unthinkable, a fourth consecutive championship win over their old nemesis. Kerry are facing the ultimate ignominy, a sky-blue four in a row, but they're coming to Crow Park with vengeance in mind. Tomás O'Shea and Alan Brogan will be joining us to preview the big game. Plus, Roy Curtis and Martin Brehney go head-to-head over whether TMOs should be introduced, while Liam Glynn from Boyle Sports will be with us with some value betting for the weekend. But first, Dublin Kerry. Alan Brogan, uh, Kerry have been talking a serious game all week, but talk of not being bullied and being hungrier than Dublin. Uh, is this going to be the biggest test that Jim Gavin's crew have met? You think over his four years in charge? Yeah, I think it probably is. I think there's there's over the last few days there's some very aggressive language coming down, coming up from the kingdom, which is um, which is interesting. I suppose at this stage, having lost three times in the trot, they're probably they're probably sick of losing to the Dubs down there. And um, like I think from a Dublin perspective, even though Jim Gavin's certainly pouring cold water on, and I think the the back-to-back all Irelands or the 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 thought of back-to-back all Irelands for the first time this year is probably really under threat on Sunday. I think Kerry are going to come. They have a few guys, uh, the likes of Mark, Aidan O'Mahony, Kieran Donny. This could be their last time in a Kerry jersey, and they're they're certainly going to come to wage war on the Dubs on Sunday afternoon. Tomás, I presume you're getting that sense as well, are you? Yeah, I think I think always when any Kerry team will take to the, to the field against the Dubs, there'll always be, um, you know, there'll be aggression there or whatever. I don't think, I, I don't think there has been too. There has always been isolated incidents with with Dubs and Kerry from both sides, but I, I I'm not expecting a huge, dirty match or anything like. You have two good teams that will go at each other. Um, I think the the big thing coming out of Kerry is that we have to come up with something different 
than we've had the last uh, the All Ireland meeting and the league final meeting. We have to come up with something different. And unless we do, I can't see us winning. Now, if we do, maybe the physicality or they're, or they're going to try to squeeze the dubs that little bit tighter. There's a few. There's a few interesting things I'd be looking at. The kickouts. What are they going to do um, around the middle of the park? Are they going to congest it like they've been doing up to now? Certainly, in my mind, if we play the same way we played against them or approach it the same way we did the last two times we played Dublin, I've no doubt that the Dubs will win. So you see, there's a lot of talk. There was a lot of talk about Brian Sheen coming out and about goalies, and I think it suits Kerry. I think I think they haven't been focusing on the actual matches as much. Everybody's talking about what's going on inside the Kerry training. Um, I think, again, it was Brian Sheen who came out with a few few comments and possibly, I don't know, if you'd like Donaghy or, or, or somebody like the Gooch, they wouldn't be coming out with comments like that. And I suppose it's just added to it. But it's very quiet. I haven't seen or been, say, approaching a, a Kerry game. I, I've never witnessed the silence that's within the camp. And I have a brother inside there and they're just doing their own thing and they're focused on their own thing. But I haven't a clue in terms of, of, of even team what way they're going to set up or anything. And I suppose that's why we don't know what to expect from Kerry on Sunday. Um, obviously, with, with the dubs, you know, my big biggest worry that if, if the dubs do perform, it'll take, a, it'll take a big one from Kerry. Are we capable of it? Yeah, but it'll, it'll take a huge one. Alan, do you think that performance is going to come out on Sunday? Or like we we can't really judge on what we've seen so far this summer, can we? No, it is hard, and there's a lot of unknowns going into it. And I think that's the one the one key advantage Kerry have is that Jim Gavin and Dublin just don't know how Kerry are going to play. Are they going to play with four up and bring the wing forwards back? Are they going to keep the six backs back? So Dublin won't really have been able to prepare as well for this game as they have been for say the Donegal game when they knew how Donegal were going to play. They knew how Westmead were going to play. So Kerry certainly have advantages there in that. If they try something new, the element of surprise will be there, and you could see in the it, like if I compare it to the Waterford Kilkenny game the first day when 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 Waterford pushed pushed their sweeper up, caught Kilkenny by surprise, and Kilkenny just couldn't live with it until they managed to figure it out in the last few minutes. So I think that's one advantage Kerry have going into this game. And Tomás, do you think uh, we're going to see a less conservative Kerry this time? Because that was probably the biggest complaint about their performance last September. Well, I suppose it's just about getting the mix right in terms of defence and, and up front. You know, I, I think if you go too defensive, the, the, it's very hard to try to expect yourself to outscore Dublin. I think you have to get the mix right. I think you have to. Um, I think Alan alluded to there. If 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 Kerry, I expect Kerry to hold six men back, and and people, I don't think the sweeper system suits Kerry. I don't think it's in us. I don't think we know how to do it properly. I don't think we we imply it or or we don't. Um, we don't give it enough time to kind of bed down. Um, some teams have given it maybe a full national lead and they'll persist with it, whereas Kerry, if it goes wrong in one or two games, they tend to just drop back from it. It's not in us to be, be like that. But I can see something happening like 2014 where they will have six defenders back and they'll, they'll just hold their positions maybe and they'll try to clog that. But if you look at Kerry the last couple of games they played, and uh, I watched them closely, that's between the 265s or between the 245s, they're basically clogging that area, clogging it. So they're allowing, I can see them maybe allowing clubs to go for the shot one and come out there and try to turn them over there and catch them on the break. Now, that's a risky, risky game because 
even at that, if you could see there was a lot of space back in the Kerry defence ahead, the likes of Clare and Tipperary, you're not dealing with a Clare and Tipperary anymore, you're dealing with the All-Ireland champions. So if they do break through, which they will at times, I, I, I hope that we're a little bit more clogged at the back than we have been in the last couple of games. But um, it's intriguing. It, it, it's going to be a huge build-up. It's be the first full house of the year. Above there, and it could be a massive occasion. But um, I like, we, we don't know what to expect. I don't know, is James McCarthy playing or... Will they bring Kilkenny back? So there'll be a lot of, I suppose, the first three or four minutes will be scanning the field, seeing who's where. Uh, the, the, the Like even Kerry now for a, a team, I would be surprised they throw in a few. If they name a team and possibly start another few different fellas, even though it was never in their nature, they might do that as well. Just keep doubling guessing as well in terms of, of what team they're going to name. Um, I think we won't know anything about what way they're going to lay out until the ball is thrown in on Sunday. Yeah, there's a lot of talk Connor. about Kerry having to get their matchups right, uh, but I wonder, like, what are like last year they would have had their matchups pretty right going into the All Ireland final, as we saw. But you had a situation last year where Colin Cooper was forced backwards anytime Philly McMahon went forward with the ball. The same thing happened to David Moran; like, he's not as mobile as Brian Fenton, and every time he turned around when Dublin had the ball, Fenton was 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 free, sort of. 20 yards up the pitch. Paul Murphy, interestingly enough, like you know, his role at centre half forward this year, despite you know the fact that he's good on the ball. If you look at the league final, what they did this year was any time McMahon went up the pitch, it was Murphy who actually took him. He left whichever man that he was supposed to be marking, whether it was Keno Sullivan or whoever it was, and followed him and tracked him back up the pitch. And I just wonder will Kerry do something like that because whatever about getting matchups right, um, they're probably need to pass on those players to somebody whose role it is to follow them when they go into the opposition's 45, rather than having a James O'Donoghue or a Paul Ganey or something like that, following Johnny Cooper or, or Philly McMahon 40 yards backwards down the pitch, because I don't think it's going to suit any of the carry forwards to do that. Tomás, do you think that is an issue, that maybe um, that Dublin really unhinged or the, the, the exposed Kerry's lack of athleticism and pace in, in certain areas like last September and, and last April as well? And that that's something they'll have been working yeah. on ever since, really. Well, I think, look, um, I'd agree with that to a certain extent. But I'd also, like, if I was on the team or if I was playing, I'd expect whoever it be, Gooch, don't know who, whoever, Paul Ganey, if, if it's your man that's coming up the field, you follow your man. And, like, I, I can understand Paul Murphy, why I think possibly... A lot of that came, the fact that he was moved up set of all, came from the All-Ireland final last year, whereas we had a half-hour line that, that were, were, were exposed in terms of fellas running forward. Johnny Buckley is a guy who, um, he's a guy now who would tackle and tackle, and the guys in, in the management would have great respect for him. I wouldn't be surprised if you saw the likes of him move into the half-forward line and maybe Murphy pull back the half-back again, maybe to follow the likes of Kilkenny or something. Definitely when we used to play the dubs, you never lined out the way you were the way it was named. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, rarely, rarely lined out. We were given a man. Mark might be given Alan or Bernard. Um, you know, I might be given Connolly. You'd be given your man. So th- these guys will know right now who they're picking up uh, at the weekend. It'll be likewise for, for the dubs. Um, but definitely, I, I do think, yes, they hurt us. From, from, I think Fenton is, is a very, very clever player for Dublin. I think they'll have to zone in more on him. I think he's... he's um, very like Cluxon. If you push up on Cluxon, like I think he is an option then for Cluxon to hit out the high ones. And if you ever watch him, even when he doesn't catch ball, he can break it perfectly. Like he's a for a for a young man, like he is, he's a very mature footballer and he's a very clever footballer. Um, and I do think, like I watched Kieran Donning closely against uh, Clare because a lot of fellas were saying 
Uh, he, didn't, he doesn't have enough pace. And Gary Brennan was a player who who um, came into the championship or uh, into the quarterfinal with a huge year behind him. But in fairness to Donaghy, he, he snuffed him out of the game. And like the problem is that they're, they're your traditional big men. You need a mobile guy. And maybe it's not the, the Fentons that will do the damage to us. It's the James McCarthy's, it's the Coopers that create an overlap and then penetrate. Now, you could, I guarantee you, if you look back properly on any videos, It'll look bad up the field, but that started with somebody allowing Cooper or somebody allowing McMahon or somebody chasing. Like They would have sat down and they'll talk. I, I can't wait to see what they do about Cluxon because I think that's where it starts. Any ball that's in the air, Cluxon has it down. It's moved. They want to move their ball as quick as they can. I think um, once they're on the ball, they're comfortable and they start trying to attack, overlap. They'll kick it if, they, if, if the space is inside, they'll kick it. But they're equally as comfortable running at it. So, look, it's, yeah, I don't think... I, I, I would say that Kerry might even... If I was a guessing man, I genuinely don't know what's going on inside there. But I would say they'll try to clog it up. Uh, they, they won't allow Dublin to play an open game. That's what I'd be guessing. Um, but my, I think it's a risk because I think to do that, you need to outscore them. And they're the type of team that have a confidence. They don't care what the score is. They don't care if they go four or five points down, whereas maybe seven or eight years ago it would have bothered them. They don't know. They'll just keep going for the juggler. They'll keep attacking, attacking. And if we can sustain that for over 70 minutes, we'll do well. But, geez, it's a big ask. To, 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 like, it's going to be the intensity of that game on, on Sunday will be phenomenal. You know, the fitness rates, the... Uh, I, I, I don't think... I, I, I would be surprised if it was an exciting open game, to be honest with you. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that would suit uh, Kerry, to be quite honest with you. I think they've acknowledged since the league final that um, they have issues in defence, and you saw that in the first round. They started Brian Begley, um, gave him his debut, and they gave Tyg Morley his debut, and Tyg hadn't seen a minute of league action, I think I'm right in saying. So they have been effectively acknowledged that, right, we have problems from in from two to seven, and we need to sort that out. Um, so that's going to be where if Kerry that's the, the area where Kerry need to improve most like they obviously they have the forwards um, midfield they can probably they probably have some combination of something that can do enough to get by but it's from 2 to 7 whether they can do enough on their opposite numbers and as Tomas says to clog it up I think they have to because they need to give them a little bit more support back there than, than they have been getting against Dublin in recent games Yeah, just on that like I think Eamon Fitzmaurice would have written off last year's All-Ireland final as a bit of a one-off and then when it happens again in the league final to an even worse extent, I think he's taking action, like bringing in Morley, bringing in Begley. There seems to be a lot more pace there as well. And just Tomas mentioned about something different. I think we've seen that already. That is a difference already. A bit more pace maybe at the back. They've definitely clogged up that middle third. And I'd expect... Well, actually... Yeah. Do you know the Morley and Begley? Like, one aspect, especially for Morley, his legs, like, I've seen him playing with Templone. He, he, they, they went all the way to Crow Park with the club. The guy is well able to attack. Like, he was playing full back and he was kicking points for them nearly in every single game. I'd like to see him uh, going up to field more. I think, you know, they have the legs. Brian Begley, I've seen him with the Gertrude playing. The guy does great cutting. One thing that I loved watching him playing at his under-21 level was he didn't even go. I don't know are they being restricted here or are they being told, mind the house. But it's a simple thing. If Marley attacks, geez, you have to be aware. You have to have the likes of, of Morn or Maher or whoever Donnie there to slip back and cover the space if he is going to go. But I do think that it'll be too predictable and too easy to defend if we just kick a ball into the forwards and our backs are, are, are kind of just staying, sitting back. I think you have to attack. You have to hurt them. I have no doubt that Donnie will be in around the square at times on Sunday, if not from the start. Um, but I do think if you, if you just attack 
with your forwards and kick the ball in and try to let the forwards work their own magic inside, I think it's too predictable and too easy to defend. You have to run at the dubs, you have to kick long against the dubs, you have to, you know, kick short and go. You have to change it up. And, and I, that's where I'd love to see Begley and Morley kind of near backs, lads. But, you know, if you can get forward twice or three times and a half, go. You know, like the Coopers, like the McMahons. Like Philly McMahon would kick an average a point a game, I'd say. Or he'd definitely have a couple of shots on goal. But that's, I mean, if they if they won't go along, and the dubs we saw it in the league final where Mark, they went long to Bernard a good few times, they'll mix it. They they can do that. They, it, it, they're not limited to one style of game. If they have a few styles they can go with, no matter what is thrown in front of them. And I'd like to see, it's harder to defend that then, and I'd like to see Kerry more, you know, chancing something different tonight. I don't know what it is, like we're all talking about the defence, but they need to chance something different up front as well, whether that be Donny here inside, and if that's not working, to have a plan B and a plan C as well. Uh, just moving on to Dublin here, Alan, um, the issue of two in a row, I mean, you would have encountered it as a player, although you had injuries, obviously, in 2012, but then 2014. How, how difficult is it? I mean, Tomás managed it in, in 07, but only the once with Kerry. Yeah, we've seen how difficult it is over the years. And I think with this current Dublin team, I I, I know for a fact, 100% sure, that back-to-back All-Irelands will not have been mentioned in that dressing room. And whilst it might be in players' heads in the back of their minds, it won't be it won't be a feature in team talks or anything coming into coming into this game. Jim Gavin's philosophy is very much take each game at a time, no matter who it is. He prepares the same for each game. Um Bar maybe last year's All Ireland final, we did a very, a very, very in-depth analysis on on on, on the Kerry team, probably as in-depth as as, as we'd ever done in any team, and um, maybe that might be the case again. But you can be sure there'd be no talk of there'd be no talk of back-to-back All Irelands um, inside in that Dublin restaurant. Do you know, like, why is it so difficult? I mean, people always talk about hunger, but they always talk about it after the event. You know, a champion has been surprised, surprised, yeah, beaten. Yeah, I think when you win, you probably don't look at yourself as close as when you lose matches. And if if I can use the Kerry All Ireland win in two thousand and fourteen, Tomas spoke about the six men staying back. Obviously, that was a that was a tactic that Aim Fitzmaurice used. Don't let the six backs go forward to make sure we're minding the house. And and obviously, it worked. They won the All Ireland. But going into two, 2015 we identified that in the Kerry team that okay their six backs aren't going to attack so we knew we could afford to keep the likes of Dermot Connolly and Paul Flynn very offensive because we knew there was going to be no runners from deep and I think going into the game on Sunday Eamon Fitzmaurice has to change that I think we will see attacking wing backs and maybe the midfielders dropping back in and like it's going to take a brave performance from Kerry to win this match I think if they try play a conservative try play a tight it might end up being a close game but I don't think Kerry will win out in a close game I think they need to be brave by that, I mean, at stage in the game, they need to push up on Stephen Stephen Cluxon's kickouts. That's like if you want to unnerve Stephen Stephen Cluxon, it's 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 put pressure on his kickouts. If he if he messes up two or three kickouts in a row, or Dublin don't manage to win two or three in a row, that's when he comes under pressure. I think the other thing they have to do is they have to put some pressure on Keanu Sullivan. He's been sitting back in this role with nobody to mark right throughout the Leinster Championship and in the game against Donegal. I think if Kerry plays six forwards up, make Keanu Sullivan make a decision, put Darren O'Sullivan or Paul Murphy on and make him run the channels, make him make a decision on leaving that centre half back position and see see what happens then. I think I think if if Kerry do that they have a chance. I think if they play conservative, I think Dublin are used to playing against conservative teams now. I think they figured it out over the last couple of years and if Kerry do that I think Dublin will win. I'm hoping we see a brave performance from Kerry but as well that probably hasn't been aim if it's Morris's calling card to date, but that could be that could be the surprise we see on Sunday. 
I think Mike. Tomas will probably back, maybe back me up here. The real hurt in Kerry is that they didn't give it a goal last year. There was, you know, when the game was there to be won, there was no adventure. And you'd imagine like that this will see something completely different on Sunday, that they will give it a go. While they need to be conservative at times, they really need to go gung-ho at this. Like sitting back, you're not going to beat Dublin sitting back. And I think, as Alan said there, like Jim Gavin says it in numerous press conferences after, like, they enjoy that challenge of beating a defensive system. And surely the, the way to beat them is to throw something different at them. And surely you'd be expecting Kerry maybe just to, I don't know, throw the kitchen sink at them going forward uh, on Sunday. Yeah, I, I, I'd agree. But I, I think with the dogs, like with the forward line, they remind me very much of the, the great Tyrone team. They have just six forwards that can hurt you at any stage. And if one or two of them have a bad day, you know, there's four more that will always stand up. Uh, they have this kind of experience of champions now as well, where nothing, it, it's it, like we had it in our day as well, it's hard to phase them, it's hard to rattle them, you know, you, they're never beaten, if they go three or four points down, they're still in it, like, and you know they're in it, and, and it doesn't bother them that they go three or four points down. I do agree with, with Alan about Keanu Sullivan, I, I, I can't understand how teams don't focus on trying to make him do something he doesn't want to do. Um, defend like you know he 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 plays it very very well. More sweepers and you watch him closely. More sweepers just cover space. This guy covers a man. He's watching in and out. He knows exactly what's happening. Um, now he's perfected it. But I do think we have to make him work. And I, I, I look, I don't know. I I I think clogging. We definitely have to throw something different at him. I think that we said that at the outset. I think uh, what we've thrown at them for the last few few occasions won't do it all at all. Um, we can talk about defensive stuff and, and that we go defensive and we have to hold these forwards, but unless we actually go for it, and we to go for it, we need special games out of Gooch. We need special... I, I, if he starts, I'm not sure where he starts. Maybe they'll bring him on. Um, depends on how training has gone for him. James, I don't know if we need a big game out of him. Um, and it can be interesting. I'm not sure they put Paul Murphy up front. They might revert him back to defence, possibly. But Darren Sullivan is a guy who could... Very often, it's the it's the so-called unsung heroes that, that put in a huge display. But I think Darren O'Sullivan is made for the likes of Keenan O'Sullivan. If you told Darren Sullivan, go out in the first half there and just get three runs, three runs that will hurt them. You don't have to score, just create something. Give it a score. They'll have to push him up in him, right? And sometimes uh, you need to be kind of... You need to be wary. You need to be kind of... Like, if it doesn't work the first time, Darren, hold the head, do it again. And do it again, and just give him the ball. You know, the, the amount of times that, that Keanu Sullivan has been a game changer for Dublin, and you see other teams, they need to go at it. And when you look up the field, there's this guy standing right in front of their two full backs and giving him the cover and, and brilliant cover at that. And then you have Fenton dropping back and Bastic or Michael Dara, and they have it perfected at the moment. And you see a lot of people saying, "Oh, geez, they weren't good. They, they haven't been tested this year." or but you see, the great teams and the good teams will lift it. You know, no matter how bad Tyrone were going, they'd always lift it for, for Kerry. Or no matter how bad we were going, we'd always lift it for Cork or whoever it was. You know, so I think Kerry will have to expect that Dublin will give a good performance. What Kerry have to concentrate on is giving a, a performance that we haven't seen in three or four years. Connor, just on Darren O'Sullivan, like he, he, in some ways, has nearly become the most important forward in the Kerry attack, and I, I think in the context of Sunday, he probably is too. Like he was electric against Clare in the quarter final, and not that that's the great sign of what he's going to do at the weekend. But like Keno O'Sullivan, like he, he, you know, for he, he's a fellow who never panics in any situation, even if he gets turned. 
like he's testament to the theory that if you're quick and you don't panic and you just keep up with your man, you'll catch him and you'll make him make a mistake. But Darren O'Sullivan's pace is different from anything else that he will have faced this year. And you could say, well, Dublin will play O'Sullivan as a sweeper and have somebody else mark Darren O'Sullivan. But like without Jack McCaffrey, again, like they don't really have a fella that will keep pace with Darren O'Sullivan. So regardless of who's there, regardless of who's marking him, Darren O'Sullivan can always blow past the first defender and make ground on that. And once you do that, as you've seen in the past, like it was in his pass for the Gooch in the 2009 All-Ireland quarterfinal that started all of that as well. Like Once he gets in behind, he's really, really impossible to stop. And same as the lads were saying, look, you just have to you have to make sure that Keno Sullivan's not back there, luxuriating in a whole lot of space and reading the game and making easy passes to fellas around him. Donica? Just the best set of forwards that this Dublin team have come up against this year by a street. You know, And I think that's very significant because in every game to this point, they've dominated possession to a large degree so whereas the, we haven't really seen how much missing Rory and missing Jack has, has has meant to them because they haven't really been challenged Donegal to a point but Donegal don't really play enough fellas up to truly ask questions like that so I'm very interested to see if you have a fully fit Gooch if fully fit James O'Donoghue um, possibly Donaghy in there Paul Ganey who's been playing really really well and then all of a sudden Dublin have to do an awful lot more defending than they than they have done I think that's where Kerry's, that's Kerry's greatest strength and and it is the area where we don't know a whole pile about some of the Dublin players and are they ready for, yeah, like for the, this? The thing. stuff about like people were talking about the high ball before the Donegal match. I looked at it again and the passes that came into Michael Murphy for that All Ireland quarter final while he was in at the square were hopeless. They were like he didn't stand a chance. There were hospital passes in. Now Davy Bourne had a good game when he went in, but you know, people started talking about Kerry doing something different and I think Jim McGuinness has floated the idea that if you have two big men in there, uh, particularly without Rory or Carroll, Dublin will find it hard. Well, like if Kieran Donaghy goes in there, Paul Ganey is brilliant in the air. Like he's not physically the same size as Kieran Donaghy, but in terms of in the air, there's two serious aerial threats. So, you know, you'd imagine that's kind of for Philly McMahon and Davy Bourne to take them. But, you know, you know, I, I think Kerry will fancy that. There is, and there's still question marks over the Dublin for backline one-on-one. There's no doubt about it. Like Davy Bourne is... is well, she's shown well so far. He's still a relative rookie at that level, and and like I think if 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 Kerry can get them one on one in there, and like this, I looked at the Kerry team yesterday, and and like for all the talk of Dublin winning this game, like Stephen O'Brien is a guy that hasn't even been mentioned in this conversation. He's caused Dublin trouble in the past. He's playing in a half for half forward and wing forward position. Like he he is a quick half forward as well that can score, that can take on his man. So there's guys like him that that as I said ha- haven't even come into our conversation that can't cause Dublin trouble and and. With the pace coming from the half from the half back line, I think that they certainly have the players that can that can test this Dublin full back line if they're brave enough to go after the game. Tomás, that really brings us back to Kerry's mindset going into this game whether they whether they attack it whether they they're willing to take risks because they they do have the forward artillery there. Uh, I think they do. Yeah, I think look, they have to go for it. You know, there's there's no two ifs or about it. Right, they have to go for it. There's no. At this stage, if if Dublin beat us, you know it is. It's not good for Kerry. Like it's for this particular Kerry team. I I think there's a few lads maybe possibly at the end of their careers as well that mightn't be talking out again. Um, but look, even even last year when when I I felt Kerry didn't put in a huge a great performance last year, there wasn't too much in it at the, at the end of the day. Um, I, I, I don't think there will be too much in it on Sunday, to be quite honest with you. I think there's a huge, huge one in Kerry. I think sometimes when the best teams, when they're under pressure to perform, they will perform. And I'd, I'd have faith in Kerry 
that they will perform, they will give us something different and, and it'll be continuous and it'll be a 70 minute performance because the games are nearly 80 minutes long now so there's always, there's, I don't know where the refs are getting there's, there's six, seven minutes added on time but that's what'll happen and it will decide a close game one of these days but um, look, I, I mean, talking about I don't know who's going to win it or, or I, I, I do think that if the dubs play to what they're capable of I think it would take something special from Kerry. Um, my heart would say Kerry and my head would say the Dubs possibly, but um, I do think that, that we will see something different from, from Kerry. I, I'm just very interested in see what they'll do with Donaghy as well. You know, will they, I think they'll start him out around the middle, but I think he will be in there a lot more. And it, It's like that thing with Murphy. Yes, they put him in. We all talk about putting Murphy in at the edge of the square against the Dubs, but four balls, four balls that actually went into Murphy while he was inside there, and the quality were, were terrible. There was one that was okay, all right, but he just didn't get off the ground himself inside there. So I, I think you have to be patient when you kind of do something like that. And not, you see, the problem is teams are so afraid to give away possession that they don't kick the ball, the ball long, you know, and I think if, if a long ball goes into Donny, we used to do it years ago, if a long ball went into Johnny Crowley or into Donny or into Canada, whoever was inside there, and didn't walk the first time, so, do it again, and it might be four balls, like, oh, but you might get a goal out of one, you know, and it, it's teams stop putting ball in because they're afraid or they're being, I don't know, is it is it uh, analysts saying like that there's too much you're giving possession away and it's no good, we'll hold on to it, we'll run it. And I think that, that suits the opposition there when you when that that would suit the dubs if we didn't go along. Um we don't have to go along all the time, but I I, I think look I I'd be my biggest worry for Kerry Sunday would be the forward line. Even though we have great forwards in there, we need to kick. I don't think we were that cohesive even against player. We looked like a, at times we looked like a team that were just drawn together. I say a week or two weeks. You know the way a forward line walking together, you know they're kicking and they're all making the right runs and they're supporting each other and there's fellas coming off the shoulder. I don't think we saw that with Kerry. I think they, they kind of knew in the back of their head we're good enough to beat player and they're picking them off bit by bit. But I don't think, I think we need a bigger performance from our forwards on Sunday, whatever way they line out. Um, but you know what? It's, it's a brilliant game to look forward to. I mean, it's, there's so many questions beforehand and I suppose it is the, it's definitely the biggest game of the year in terms of the football championship. So we're all looking forward to it. Alan, uh, Tomasus, uh, heart says Kerry and head says Dublin. What, where are you going? Yeah, like I think, like as I said already, Eamon Fitzmaurice has the element of surprise at his advantage coming into this game. But I think after the after the Donegal game in two, 2013, Jim Gavin and this Dublin management learned a valuable lesson to look at what could happen if this happens or what happens if that happens. And I think before this game, he'll have gone through every scenario with his management team if Donny goes inside if he plays out if Paul Murphy plays centre forward or Darren O'Sullivan plays centre forward and he'll have an answer in his mind for, for, for every scenario that might play itself out and I think that's what, that level of preparation is maybe what will get Dublin over the line but look as Tomas says respecting a huge game one that it's probably the first game since I've retired that I've started to feel this week I had a chat with Tomas last week actually and even looking at the build up this week it's the first game that I've really started to feel Jez I'd love to be back out there again now these are the ones you used to love but it's unfortunately it doesn't work like that but I'm really looking forward to it and, and I'm going to go for a Dublin win by three or four points and just one last thing uh, Dublin team due to be announced I think tomorrow night Kerry team coming out at nine o'clock as well. Do we believe either when they do? Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say. I think, like I was thinking during the week, that 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 maybe De- maybe Dennis Bastic might come in for Michael Darren McCauley and, and he might use Mick 
Michael Darmacali in the last 15 or 20 minutes. Dennis Bastic is very, uh, he's a very settling influence on the team. I think particularly in a game like this, that might come in handy. But apart from that, it's hard to know. He'll bring James McCarthy back in if he's fit for sure. Kieran Kenny will probably push up to the forwards again. So there's a decision to be made there as well. So um, there's one or two lads probably won't be happy come Friday, come Friday evening on both sides. Okay, Alan Brogan and Tomas O'Shea, thanks a million for joining us on the show. And still to come. Ball Sports will refund all losing in play bets if the last score of your televised championship match is a goal. Download the Ball Sports app or get in store today for full details. GAA betting with Ball Sports, bring it on. Uh, Dunica, there's been a lot of talk coming out of Kerry this week that you know we should expect something different from the team this year. Uh, where do you think this is coming from? Yeah, it's, I think it's coming because of, from the fact that they're in an unusual position and particularly against Dublin where they're on the back foot. Um, there's an awful lot of the same sort of rhetorics coming out. Um, like, you know, Kerry going to bring something special. They're going to deliver a big display. You rarely hear that from them. They usually kind of kick for touch and, you know, yera, as the boys say, you know, they try to give it as little way as possible. I think a lot of it's based on, on the fact that they just can't comprehend losing for a fourth time uh, in championship. Do I think they just can't even... The only thing is the implications for Kerry are far greater than they are for Dublin because, like, if they go down here, it's it's four championship defeats in a row to Dublin, which is absolutely implausible. Like, if you said that five years ago, before the 2011 All-Ireland final, you know, you'd have been prescribed pretty strong medication. The other thing as well is for him, Fitzmaurice, who came along at just the right time, he was just the right manager for Kerry. He came in just after, you know, Donegal had risen. Um, He looked like the sort of fella who would bring Kerry into the modern age of football that, you know, would have the right blend of sacrificing their style with, you know, pragmatism. This would be three defeats in four years. And it would be hard to see him stay on. Now, maybe he will. Maybe the succession plan isn't there yet. And I'm not sort of campaigning for him if it's Morris to go if they don't win on Sunday. But it would be hard for him to stay on for another year. But alternatively, if they win that, if they win on Sunday and they, you know, they slay the Dublin Dragon and they win the All-Ireland final... And again, I'm not taking that for granted. But if they do, then all of a sudden, Eamon Fitzmaurice has two All-Irelands in four years, which is the same record as Jim Gavin, who at the moment has been, you know, about to be spoken about in the, in the great manager's conversation. So the implications f- for Kerry especially far outweigh the prize on offer, which is the All-Ireland final spot. It just shows you, though, that history is written by the winners. like Because in the run-up to last year's All-Ireland final, Eamon Fitz was the man with the Midas touch. You know, everyone was talking about his tactical acumen. And 70 minutes later, people are saying he got that one really badly wrong. Yeah, well, I think their biggest problem last year in the All-Ireland Final was that they were too predictable. I think Alan said it, like, between the All-Ireland Final of 2014 and the All-Ireland Final of 2015, tactically they hadn't moved on a whole pile, which, you know, when they win in All-Ireland is an easy thing to do, but, like, just Dublin kind of had their number last year. But again, like, for all that, if you look at it again, Kerry could have had a penalty when Kieran Donoghue was fouled late on. Like, that, that game could have... I know Dublin were the better team and they deserved to win it, but, you know, Kerry snuck that All-Ireland. And again, like, Eamon Fitzmaurice is the, he's the brightest ma- boy in the class. Like, Just reading what, you know, what Bomber was saying in the paper today and even what John O'Keefe was saying, they're worried. Like, they're definitely worried. And it's almost like they're trying to psych, psych the lads up. It's all, they're, they're calling on, should we say, tradition and they're calling on all this fire. But as Donoghue said, there's no real rhyme or reason to it either like it's just that we're expecting this because this is what's always happened but just because it's always happened doesn't mean it's going to happen on Sunday Do you think Michael it's, it sounds like they're trying to convince themselves as much as anyone Yeah I think that is it like they haven't beaten Dublin I think it's what since 2009 in Championship and they've beaten them in six out of the last seven league games or something like that as well like 
that that does drain on you. Like they don't. This team, current team, don't really know how to beat Dublin. And all the past players are, you know, calling on their experience and things like that to try and give them a little extra. But it is unusual. We haven't seen, we haven't seen this from them before. And yeah, it is. There is a little bit of worry there. And even Bomber said in the paper today that they're not, they're not afraid. I don't know. I think there is a bit of fear there. I don't, I don't know whether they'd be afraid of Dublin. I think they'd be genuinely afraid of losing. That's why yeah. I don't think anybody in Kerry... I genuinely don't think that any of the... You know, we call them... Like the Kerry columnists and all the lads... I don't think they honestly do know what's going on inside the camp and they're just not kind of letting on. I just think they get the vibe that Kerry are coming at this one more full-blooded than ever. But, like, you know, that's a grand thing to say. But, you know, you have to mix that with you know, a thought process. Like, if you send 15 wild animals out on the pitch on Sunday, like, they'll get devoured by Dublin because Dublin are just a very mature team. So, like, they'll have to strike that blend. Maybe that's just the sort of noise that they want around the team coming up to Crow Park. But it's the first time as well, like, in, in the last decade, they lost three championship matches to Tyrone. Now, it was a far more bitter rivalry. There was lots of spite there, you know, for various different reasons. But it absolutely sickened them. Like, you could see what happened when they beat them finally in the championship down in Killarney and there was a shadow of a Tyrone team that they finally beat and there was fellas crying on the pitch and all afterwards. Like in Kerry, they don't like losing. Like, I don't know. Has any team ever beaten Kerry four times around? You wouldn't imagine so, no. Well, if it has been done, it hasn't been done too often or too recently. And, and the gas thing is that for, for decades, Kerry people were forever talking up this great well, that's Dublin-Kerry the, that's rivalry. The eternal, the eternal irony is that, you know, while Dublin people used to love thinking that you know, it, there was a great rivalry with Kerry. Essentially, they were being patronised, you know. Like, Pat Gilroy made it the point before the 2011 All-Ireland in his press conference. He said, look, it's not much of a rivalry if one of the teams keeps winning it the whole time. Now it's probably a little bit more of a rivalry. Like, it didn't... We had no middle ground there for a while. It just completely skewed back the other way. And, like, Kerry have won one All-Ireland in the last six years, which, you know, for the team that they've had, for the players that have been in that team, you know, it's it's not up around their own strike rate, and for the likes of Mark, there's a lot of transition there now. yeah, there's a lot of transition. But I'm just mean from the likes of Mark, and I mean Kieran Donny, he's bringing out a book at the end of the year. Traditionally, that would hint that a fella is thinking about calling it a day. Like for those fellas to go out having lost t- twice in a row in the championship to Dublin, I think to a lot of people, including these people, Kerry former players who are writing in their columns, it's just an implausible thing. It's unthinkable, and I think that's why they can't really. They, they're not really just countenancing that outcome on Sunday because Come. it would wreck their heads. We, <laughs> that's we, a scientific <laughs> term. <isn't it>? I <laughs> think no, to come back to the rivalry, Frank, just quickly, like what you say about being patronised, I think it was two games in the 70s, but from 1934 to 2011, that was the two games in the 70s, and that was the only games Dublin won a championship mm. football against Kerry. So it's a rivalry, all right, and mm. in loads of ways, but in, in other, all the other criteria that makes up a rivalry, it's not like, you know, yeah, well, it I wasn't until 11. Like. The Kerry lads loved the sort of the box office nature of playing Dublin because yeah, everybody yeah. it just meant that more people got to see them beating Dublin like, you know what I mean but now it's there on the national stage and you know they're being beaten and like okay 2011 Brian Sheehan said they were robbed you could make that argument you absolutely could 2013 Kerry went at Dublin and Dublin went at Kerry and Dublin won a shootout and then last year Kerry tried to constrict Dublin and Dublin still won the thing yeah, so beating if, them every if way, this like, is yeah. you know this is last throw of the dice stuff whether Eamon Fitzmaurice does or doesn't stay around this year there's going to be a new Kerry team essentially next year um, and you know if they don't win on Sunday it wouldn't be a great way for them to kind of mm. bow out One big call for him and Fitz to make uh, which I'm sure he has at this stage is what to do over his free taking and uh, this is a very convoluted complicated issue for him we saw in the first three or four minutes uh, against Clare 
the two long range uh, efforts David Moore missed them both they got 245s coming out of that and he turned them down I mean that is an issue yeah. with in the absence of Brian Sheehan if Brian Sheehan doesn't start well it's an issue that you can be sure that they'll have resolved by Sunday but I don't I think he starts Brian Sheehan not through any information or any hunch but just that if you don't there's at least three or four points you're giving up straight away where do you start him Connor? I don't know somewhere where he's not going to be exposed for pace so I mean if that means throwing him in on the edge of the square for a while or if he just kind of occupies the space in the forwards so be it yeah, I just think I Dublin can know, hurt yeah. I think Dublin can hurt regardless of where he's playing if he's playing corner forward I think the corner back could hurt him to some extent if he's playing midfield he could be hurt an awful lot more I don't know if they can carry him at the start in particular do you think don't his you lack, think of spa- carry- lack of pace might be exposed between the posts or is that just a complete <laughs> carry flyer that was the best one I ever heard yeah Jesus well it's plausible from the point of view that they want him on the pitch and they can't decide which of their two goalkeepers neither of whom who've been outstanding this year to get into the team but I mean if you're Dermot McConnell or your Paul Mannion and you're through one and run with, one with Brian Sheehan I think you'd you'd make sure you hit it low and you hit it quick The other thing is if you were Brendan Keeley or, or Brian Kelly in the last few weeks and there was an inkling of truth to this you'd be seriously pissed off wouldn't Yeah you? well one's an all-star all-star goalkeeper as well it's like it's like bringing the lad in say for a big club match that was off on a J1 during the summer entirely back training and has been on the beer for a couple of weeks he sounds like he's speaking from bitter experience (laughs) it's like bringing him back in it just uh, like uh, you could never see that happening from the whole team point of view like God would would both of them hang around Uh, I think think we're giving uh, this too much oxygen I think at the minute it's just not going to happen no but the point is that okay it's not going to happen but if it was going to happen you could be sure that the two goalkeepers would have known a long time ago I mean this isn't a bombshell Amy Fitzmaurice isn't going to be telling his players anything new on Friday night. They're going to be well aware of what they're going to do and who's going to do we it. We wouldn't have known if it was going to happen, I think, anyway, to be honest. And there wouldn't be pictures circulating. Yeah, but I believe at the, the, at the Kerry press night the other day when they did vision access for the teams that Sheehan came out with goalie gloves on yeah, him and, oh, and started kicking kick out uh, yeah. with, with the goalies while the cameras were there. So well, even the either it's the greatest double bluff of all time or they were enjoying well, even the Even the lineup at the Kerry press night was the manager, which is fair enough, Dermot Murphy, who's the goalkeeping coach, and Brian Sheehan himself. So tr- the only three people who could speak with authority about whether he was going to play in goal or not. So uh, they could barely they could barely suppress the laughter when they were asked. I just don't think you can carry anyone in a game like this for freeze. Like I know what you're saying that there mm. might be two or three, but you're you're depending on Dublin key, giving I mean, up scoreable freeze with Sheehan on the field, which they're probably too clever to do. Like the idea would be. I suppose the theory behind it would be that he'd be orchestrating kickouts from a long time back. Anyway, it's not going to happen. It doesn't matter. But the other thing is, all the stuff that we say that Kerry need to do, get, you know, get two men inside, occupy Keno Sullivan, maybe attack with their half-backs. This is all predicated on them having the ball. Like They can't do any of this stuff until they have the ball. And to do that, they're going to have to either press Cluxon's kickouts, turn Dublin over in the middle of the park, or get a huge percentage of their own kickouts. So you're going you're gonna to have to have a plan for all those three facets otherwise yeah. regardless of what Kerry intend to do they're not going to be able to do Kerry it. are going to have less of the ball than they're used to and their efficiency and economy with it is what's going to determine whether they win or not Now on the throw-in uh, Roy Curtis and Martin Brehany go head-to-head and this week they're arguing whether TMOs should be introduced to the Championship Roy Curtis argues that they should Yeah we've had repeatedly embarrassing situations where something that's visible to everybody who's watching the game on TV um, is not acted upon at the time I think it undermines the authority of the referee when everybody watching knows something has happened and he makes the wrong decision and as a consequence the game is altered. Um, we had recently the Aidan O'Shea situation in the, in the Mayo against Fermanagh game. It was perfectly obvious to anyone watching 
that he had dived. Um, penalty was given wrongly. When Mayo were, if not against the ropes, struggling, the game changed in that moment and Mayo advanced. Fermanagh, one of the great potential wins of all time, is gone. A guy as measured as Pete McGrath was furious afterwards. Um, TMOs can be irksome in that it'll slow stuff down. I can understand the negatives. But I think we have to get decisions right when there's technology there that enables us to get the decision right and we get it wrong. It makes no sense to me. When would you use a TMO, Roy? Give me, give, give me, give, give me the act details of when you would, how often and when would you use them? At the referee's discretion. Um, we use Hawkeye when it's at the referee's discretion. I think there would be a common sense approach by a referee. We now have, in rugby, you see how frequently it's, it's used. I don't think it diminished the spectacle that much. It can be frustrating when it stops repeatedly, when a referee won't make a decision off his own bat. I understand that. But I think it's better to err on the side of caution and get the decision right. OK. The difficulty, I, as I see with the, with the TMO, is this, that even you mentioned the Aidan the O'Shea one. Like, do, a lot of penalties are, 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 are borderline cases. And the, the pressure on the referees to actually go to the TMO for penalties would be enormous. But not alone that. But here's the bigger issue. A hurling game can be won from 120 metres range nowadays. So does, do you go back to see, should a free have been awarded 120 metres back? And if you do that, you're going to have so many stoppages. And if the referee doesn't do it, he's going to, he, what he's going to do, he's going to face, he already faced it, but at least he, he has no choice except to, have, he has, he's made up his own mind. He's going to face, at half-time, the Sunday game and every other else, he should have stopped it because here's, here's the reality of it. The pressure would be beyond belief. And also, the game would be stopped f- f- far more often than it should be. Rugby is a stop-start stop, game anyway, but you would have too many of them, in my view, and otherwise it would be intolerable for the referee. Uh, if, if he didn't do it, he'd be, under, he'd be getting an awful lot of criticism, and if he did it, there'd be an awful lot of stoppages. And as I say, you've got to go back 120 metres to say if, if, if a match could be won from that range. Well, we, we did go back 120 yards to see. I mean, John O'Dwyer's point that would have won the All-Ireland for Tipperary on Hawkeye, which is a form of TMO, let's be honest about it, that was... That was overruled. Well, it wasn't overruled. They got the decision based on technology. So there's a precedent there for that. It's definitely the lesser of two evils, in my view. It's not a perfect solution. And stopping is annoying but at Ryan, times. But you, you actually make an interesting point about, uh, to bring up the John O'Dwyer one. But the point is, should the TMO have had a look? Was that a free in the first place? There was a big debate about whether it was a free in the first place. At the, at the, so therefore, would you have to take a look, first of all, or was it a free? And if not, uh, why not? Because if, it's, if Hawkeye decides at the other, would you say, well, let's have a look at this? And it was a borderline case. You can watch, and I'm sure you've watched it over and over again. Uh, Tipperary people would say, yes, Kilke- uh, was a free. Kilkenny would say, no, very borderline case. A TMO would not have helped you in any way that way. The pressure, there's so many split decisions to be made in, in Gaelic games. It's not, like, it's not like rugby, in my view. It's, it's not going to cure, it's not a cure-all solution. But if you have problems, and some of them you can cure, surely logic says, if you introduce something, that means you get a decision right rather than a decision wrong. Would it's not, it's not going problems. to make 10 out of deci- 10 decisions right, but say 5 out of 10 are currently wrong, and we can make that 3 out of 10. But, I but, think that's an improvement. But, Roy, the question I keep asking, when do you go back? If you go back, do you have to look at every, every free if it's about... Because, as you know, an awful lot of them are borderline cases, and, and if you watch them 10 times, it's very hard to know. So do you... Uh, wh- the, the, the and if a referee's showing his own mind, what, who, what, why should well, he I, I would have referee's discretion, but I think the finer points, the detail can be worked out as it progresses. I think the concept, the idea, is worth exploring. I would introduce it in a league, perhaps on a trial basis, and let's see and let's iron out the kinks that occur as a consequence. But I think not to advance. I mean, the notion 
we wouldn't use a drug that could cure some illness because it doesn't cure another illness or it might cause a slight side effect. You weigh up the pros and cons and I think the pros of trying this are unarguable almost. Well, look at soccer, for instance. They, they, they still do, they won't have a TMO, for instance, for, for offside, which is, which is all because I, I don't think they, again, the, the, the number of stoppages they would have for it. But I, I just feel that in, in the, and also you'd have the, the issue here of, of you you have to have fairly sophisticated uh, technology and I mean and, you know, are you going to have it in a, every every championship game and every league game you're probably not but I still think the fundamental point is you, you, you mentioned Aidan O'Shea earlier on there was no reason why the referee didn't check with the umpires after instance and have three opinions on it and see what they thought as far as I can recall he didn't you don't need a TMO when you, in my view uh, when you have seven uh, people uh, officiating in a lot of cases they could work a lot, a lot closer together but I think the Aidan O'Shea situation shows perhaps where you do need it while there's someone ultimately who can have the final say because with those seven officials the wrong decision was made often is but I don't think TMO would, would, uh, all you would get there was more wrong decisions uh, queried all the time Right it's time now to have a look at some GA bets for the weekend and Liam Glynn from Boyle Sports is on the line uh, Liam, the Dublin, uh, the Dubs are clear favourites on Sunday, but uh, is is that a fair fair assessment? Do you think? Well, look on paper, lads, uh, Dublin would have to be favourites going into this. They're the reigning All Ireland champions. Kerry, they've done very little so far this year. Um, a lot of people are saying that the team is getting on in age as well, so they have a big ask against Dublin. But the betting suggests that Dublin will walk away with this. They're two to five uh, on to win the match. A draw at nine to one, and Kerry does. Very little support from them so far. We've eased them out to 11-4 to 4 from 5-2, to 2, but that's just really to balance out the books to see where we get a, a bit of money in for Kerry. But um, really a tough task. The handicap, uh, three points at the moment. Uh, that's Dublin minus three at evens. Kerry plus three at evens. And the handicap draw, which would be Dublin just to win by three points, is currently 9-1. to 1. The draw clicked in the handicap last week with um, Mayo and Tipperary. Um, the, the handicap was five points, and that's on Mayo. The draw and the handicap came up on that as well. So... Three points to handicap this week, uh, double minus three evens and Kerry plus three evens. And even with those long odds, people aren't being tempted to put their money on Kerry, no? No, in the outright betting, uh, Dublin, they're four to six that's hardened again. Mayo nine to four and Kerry nine to two. I think um, anybody that thinks that Kerry will beat Dublin, they're, they're really going for Kerry to win the outright at nine to two because obviously if the Kingdom can overcome the Dubs on Sunday, that nine to two will be about a six to four shot or it might even be a lot shorter. Um, it could be even money uh, by Sunday evening if they can. But look, it's a big ask for them. The first goal scorer market, lads, uh, Bernard Brogan is heading the betting for the Dubs at six to one alongside Jermaine Connolly. Um, um, the thing about Dublin this year is that it's conceded a lot of goals. It's going to be a tough ask. Um, I can see this game being very close, and I just think Kerry just might edge this one. OK, well, that brings us to uh, our weekly charity bet. Uh, where is the Boyle Sports €50 Euro going? Well, I'm going to go all out. I'm going to go Kerry to win, and they're 11-4 to, to win the match, so I'm just going to go Kerry to win in 70 minutes. Very good. And uh, Michael Verney here is going to uh, put our money somewhere. Not too yeah. sure where. Yeah, God, I hate to admit it, but the, the boys have been bang on with the handicap betting recently. Minus five and some of the Kilkenny ones, Kilkenny and Waterford as well, and Tip and Galway. So we're going to go on the handicap draw. So essentially that's Dublin to win by three. Yeah, Michael. Michael, it's a, it's, a, it's a safe bet, really, because, um, as you mentioned, the handicaps have been all draws in the past couple of weeks, and the, our traders have been very spot on with the with the points that they think it's going to be between the teams the last couple of weeks. Handicap draws 9-1. to I'll boost that out to 11-1 to for the charity bet. I, I think, looking at our bank balance, we need it badly. <laughs> we we need either Kerry to win or your handicap draw to get to get a, bit, a few quid for charity, anyway. Great stuff, Liam. And listen, uh, thanks a million for joining us, and we'll chat to you again next week. Talk to you soon, lads. 
Ball Sports will refund all losing in play bets if the last score of your televised championship match is a goal. Download the Ball Sports app or get in store today for full details. GAA betting with Ball Sports. Bring it on. <laughs> 